If you could say it with words, there would be no reason to paint. Edward Hopper. I have, for as long as I can remember, been enthralled with visual imagery. It is scenic gorgeousness repeatedly drawing me to the outdoors, especially the Four Corners area, where I can sit for hours and marvel at the beauty of this blessed earth. It is artisanal exquisiteness that draws me to the majestic temples of India, the Blue Mosque in Turkey, Il Duomo in Milano. And then there is the female form which has titillated me since prepuberty. Naturally, I would like to capture this magnificence to feast upon during the doldrums when I'm trapped inside especially during the long, bleak, northern winter. However, I was not gifted any talent for drawing so tended to suppress the desire to sketch the wonders. Frustrated, I tended to lash out at those with genes attuned to drawing. Sorry world if you suffered my misplaced wrath. How then to feed my need for creating visuals? It started with capturing them. I shot into photography during those days of yore when Kodak film was king and upstart Fujifilm was just starting to eat the arrogant king's kibbles and bits. Ironically, Kodak designed the first digital camera then sold the rights because they believed film, specifically theirs, was an irreplaceable medium. Hubris killed the film star. I bought one camera body and a few lenses eventually purchasing a second body by the same manufacturer to ensure interchangeability of the expensive glass. One camera was dedicated to color the other black and white. It took a while but eventually there appeared the occasional picture in which I had enough pride to blow up and mount on my wall. I gifted a few others and sold a couple to friends. I dreamed of being the next Galen Rowell taking amazing photos and writing the story around them. That never came to be. Not being an actual developer of film, I could not dodge and burn to enhance subtlety so there was always a flaw nagging at my sense of aesthetics. The advent of digital photography and pixel manipulating software markedly improved my satisfaction such that I have now posted 1,704 photos to a blog dating back to December 2013 for the world to see, like, criticize, ignore. Quite a few have received positive comments from the blogosphere. Between the film and digital camera phases, I dabbled with acrylic painting. For the most part, the results engendered more frustration than satisfaction so it was a short-lived scheme. The painting debacle? Failure? Took up residence in the back of my head regularly surfacing over the years poking me with questions. Why had I not stuck with it? Why had I not taken any classes? This was pre-internet. YouTubing up a few videos on painting technique was not an option. I guess I grew frustrated at not mastering the skill quickly and opted to give up. This year, hunkered down by COVID and seeking creative outlets other than writing, I spun up Amazon and bought an acrylic set hoping my photo enhancement skills would transfer into improved painting capabilities. At one point, I contemplated printing some of my fave photos then judiciously applying acrylics on top to enhance the ambience. Never got there. The acrylics sat on a shelf while I mustered the courage to face my tormentor. When I finally decided to give it a go, I told my wife my plans. She nixed the idea because the smell of acrylic paints gives her headaches. The paints never opened, lie dormant in our storage locker buried in shadows where all color appears as shades of gray. A sad existence for vibrant beings. Still harboring a growing desire to paint again, I splashed around the idea of painting with the odorless watercolors. A quick study of watercolor, watercolor, aquarelle, literature, learned me the medium is subject to the vagrancies of water. Layering acrylics is easy. Once dry, they don't reanimate with newly applied paint. Foibles are easily covered up as if they never spilled onto canvas. My hands aren't steady so there would be quite a bit to cover up but I would eventually be able to create vivid, crisp lines. Watercolors have a tendency to reanimate melding colors and blurring lines. This is scary for a linear thinker. A fact of my existence is an adherence to truth, mostly, 
and crisp visuals imitating reality with tight precision. I hate when the subject of my photos show any sense of blur aside from the sought-after bokeh. I mostly shoot pictures for optimal reality, images beautified by long shadows and warm light typically composed, or cropped, with adherence to the rule of thirds. Working with watercolors would mean accepting blurred lines and melted colors where I wanted crispness, unadulterated hues, and vibrancy muted for watercolor is significantly less densely pigmented than acrylics especially when utilizing the wet-on-wet technique which is the preferred technique in the preponderance of the literature I consumed. Undaunted by the challenges, I waded into watercolor choosing the shallow end of the pool focusing on petite 6 times 9 inch cold press paper rather than 2 times 3 foot canvases of my acrylic days. One of the draws to painting in watercolors is the relative inexpensiveness of beginner materials. Knowing I lack the proclivity to draw real things, I chose to start with renderings of Cocopelli and semi-real scenes including my beloved saguaro cacti, and high plains, red rock landscapes. I rationalized these subjects could deviate from real realities and the personality of the paint would adapt to my skills, or lack thereof, in drawing. Lo and behold, I quickly discovered the images I was contemplating required more reality than my stone hands could conjure. Again, I was growing frustrated by my sad sack creations, still, I persevered. Not always miserable. There were splotches here and there in the paintings where I would say, that's not half bad. Most of those splotches tended to be color patterns, not sharp lines hinting at realism. When I visit art museums, my favorites, besides Georgia O'Keeffe whose works glorify my beloved Southwest deserts, tend to be the surrealists and their mesmerizing twisted takes on reality slicing through my tightly bound views of actual realities. Their juxtaposition of imagery is Silas Ivan opening my soul to spiritual ecstasy. This similarly relates to when I deviated from my hardcore rule to only read nonfiction, a value add intellectually, and started to devour fiction. I learned literature was an effective tool for developing empathy. I was severely empathy challenged doing my best to approach life with Spock logic. I was deficit spending with empathy, a currency never jingling in my pocket, and am now beginning to build up the empathy muscle. I am just over 2 months and 31 mini paintings in my growing portfolio. The last few creations have de-emphasized reality exchanging for a focus on color splashes with hints of realism. None of the paintings are my original designs. I've used abstracts found on the interweb as models to which I add variations, albeit unplanned variations. This is mainly because I lack the requisite skills to make duplicative copies. I guess, in some sense, then these are uniquely mine. My latest abstracts. As my skills progress, I will foray into works dredged from the muck in my own imagination and those will lean heavily into the abstract. When it comes down to it, God is the master artist painting three-dimensional reality into existence, a skilled artist with whom I could never compete. Why try? I would rather be a master of my own domain, creating unique paintings sourced from my soul. And this is increasingly leaning toward an emphasis on the abstract and the surreal in my light writing. February 7, 2021